be going back in the Old Testament today, Deuteronomy chapter 5. So flip back to the beginning, Deuteronomy chapter 5 is where we're going to start. Uh, and we're continuing on in our Defining the Relationship series, uh, looking today at the parent-child relationship and how those kind of intertwine. We did that a little bit last week from the parent's perspective. This week we're going to look from the children's perspective, uh, how do we honor our parents. And so we're going to be in Deuteronomy 5, 16, and then jumping over to Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. Um, and since we're talking about this today, we have invited our elementary age kids in here with us today. So everybody welcome our Harvest Kids uh, this morning. We're glad that you're here and joining us. And um, we want you guys to be a part of this discussion this morning as well. So they're going to be hanging out with us as we walk through the text today. So go ahead and get your Bibles ready. Uh, if you need a Bible, there's some hardback black ones there in the chairs around you. Feel free to grab one of those and follow along, okay? So I was doing some research this week, and uh, Dennis Rainey, who's a Christian author and a speaker, uh, was, had a, was telling of a, a letter that he received after he taught on this topic of honoring your parents. And I want to read just a little piece of this letter for you as we get started this morning. The, uh, the woman wrote this. She said, how thankful I am for the message that you shared today. The truth of it rings loud and clear in my life. Growing up, my father physically abused me. Oh, he would beat me so bad that at times I didn't think I was going to live. At other times, my mom would be in such fear for me that she would call the police. Perhaps even worse than the physical abuse was the mental abuse. Oh, how he hated me. He would cuss and scream at me every possible thing you could think of and a lot that you probably couldn't think of. I hated my father with a hate that few people probably ever realize exists. And I know that for many in this room today that maybe you can resonate with at least parts of that story. That maybe your home life, maybe your parents, maybe that relationship was not great or is not great right now. And that's not lost on me this morning that as we step into a message on how to honor our parents, that it could be very difficult for many in the room. And yet we see in God's word that he clearly gives us this command to do so. So today we got to do the hard work of wrestling down how do we do this, how do we obey the Lord and what he's told us to do in all these various situations that we're coming from, right? And so as we dig into this morning, I want you to, to try to anchor your heart, anchor your mind in this truth as we wade through the emotions of this sermon today, okay? So here's the main thing, the life spent honoring my parents glorifies the Lord. This is the reason it's in the Bible. This is the reason he gives us this command. Because a life spent honoring my parents glorifies the Lord. It's ultimately about him. Right? So let's, let's look at this today. Let's go to Deuteronomy 5. I'm going to read verse 16 to get us started this morning. It says this, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So the first point this morning is simply this, that this is God's command for all children. Honor your parents is God's command for all children. Now, the context of this verse 16, if you're not familiar, this is right smack dab in the middle of the Ten Commandments. That's where this is coming from, right? And so just imagine here God giving his people the Ten Commandments. We're all kind of familiar with that, right? 
So he, he comes down and he's like, all right, I got, I got some rules, I got some ideas, I got some boundaries for you. you need to, this is how your life's going to work best if you do these ten things. And he starts listing them off, right? And he's like, hey, um, no other gods before me, worship me alone, no idols, so on and so forth. Oh, hold on, hold on, time out, time out, time out. I got something just for the kids. Honor your mother and dad, okay? And he comes back, all right, now everybody else, don't murder, don't lie, don't steal. Do you think that's how it went down? No. Right? All Ten Commandments are for all people, for all ages. So this isn't just a message for the kids in the room today. This is a message for all of us, even us adult children. Because God gives us this command as well. Right? Not to mention, notice here, it made the top ten. Right? Like, out of all the things that God could have included in the Ten Commandments, he put honor your mother and father in there. That means that it's a really big deal. Right? And so, as we look at this this morning, um, another observation is, this is the first command in what we call the second table of the Ten Commandments. All right? So, the commands are kind of like divided up into like two groups or two categories. And this one starts off the second group. And the second group is all about relationships. And so, when he starts off with this command to honor your father and mother... It's not, he's not just addressing children. He's not just addressing even the family. He's actually setting up a foundation for all relationships and for society at large that all starts with the nucleus structure of the family and how we relate to our parents. It all hinges, all of society hinges on how we respond to authority. To his authority and then to all the other authority that he has put in place around us. And that starts in the family, learning how to honor our parents. So let's think about that word honor for a few minutes here. When we use the word honor today in our culture, we tend to think about respect. right? Like if you honor someone, you respect them. Or you show deference to them in some way. But the Hebrew word for honor here is actually a little bit different. It actually means uh, to be weighty to be heavy, or to give worth and weight to something in your life. It's very similar to the word that we use to describe God's glory, right? That he is weighty and that he deserves our worship because he is worthy of it. So then how do we honor someone and recognize and submit to them because they are worthy? And if that's the case for honor... Why or how are my parents worthy of my respect and honor? Because again, I know some of you, you look at your parents, you're like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see how they're worthy of this. Well, first and foremost, the reason that we honor our parents and the reason they are worthy is because God commands it. Like we just have to start there. God has put our parents in a position of God-ordained authority over their children. They are his representatives. They are his appointed authority in the family structure. And God uses parents to teach children how to honor God and all God-given authority in their lives. And so by honoring them, by honoring our parents, we are actually honoring and glorifying God himself. And by dishonoring our parents, 
we are dishonoring God himself. In other words, we're sinning against the Lord. And it's a major issue because it's in the Ten Commandments, but also we see the same thing in the New Testament. Just, this isn't just an Old Testament thing. Let me read you a couple of scriptures. These will be on the screen for you. Romans 1, 29 through 31. Look at this. He says, They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. It's right there in the middle of that big long list of like really bad sin. It's not the only place. 2 Timothy 3 2 through 4 says, For the people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. There it is again. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Those are some really heavy lists of sin, right? I don't know that, I don't, none of us are escaping <laughs> guilt with those lists but right in the middle of all of it he puts disobedience to parents this is a major issue to the lord a major issue of how we honor them and him and again i know some of you are thinking micah you, I, I hear you i hear it i see it but you don't know my parents and you're right i don't i don't I don't know all your stories. I don't know where you've come from. I don't know what you've lived through. But I do know this. All parents are flawed. All parents. Our parents are all over the spectrum today. Right? We could line them up in terms of failure and sinfulness in our lives. And that would be a really worthless exercise. But we could do it. But what it would show is that all of our parents are flawed, sinful people who mess it up. And so were their parents. And so were their parents' parents. And if we are called to be parents ourselves, if God gives us that blessing, guess what? We'll be flawed too. And so there are no perfect parents in the world, and yet God still chooses to use them in the lives of their children, even in the worst situations. So how can we honor them in spite of being flawed? It's the same principle that we talked about a couple weeks ago, we talked about husbands and wives. We honor the position over the person. We honor the position over the person. God has chosen them to put them in that position of authority in our lives. And so we honor them, not because of them primarily, but primarily because we love and we worship and we trust God, even when we don't understand, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it hurts, even when there's suffering involved, we trust and we honor and we glorify the Lord by obeying his word and honoring those that he has put in a position 
of authority in our lives. And in the commandment there, he says, honor your fathers and mothers, and then he follows up with this. Back in verse 16 of Deuteronomy 5, he says, that your days may be long, and it may go well with you in the land. So he actually, the command comes with this incredible promise, with, with a blessing, really, right? That by honoring our parents and glorifying God, I will get to experience more of God's blessing in my life. More of God's favor on my life. More days of walking in His blessed presence and experiencing communion with Him because I'm obeying what He's told me to do. Even if they don't deserve it, even if it's hard, even if it doesn't make sense, if it gets me more of God in my life, it's worth it. Now, I know... um, by the look in your eyes and the tension in the room right now that some of you are still struggling with this. You're still wrestling inside of yourself with that little lawyer that's like, yeah, but you don't know my situation. You don't know my list, right? And so to help maybe maybe clear that up even a little bit more, I want to do just a quick survey today, just one question, okay? One question. If you're here today and you were birthed by a woman... Please stand up. Come on. If you were birthed by a woman, please stand up. Okay, look around the room. Look around. All right, we're all in. Right? This is all of us. Right? None of us are exempt from this. We all have been given parents, and God, therefore, calls us to honor them. You can be seated. I know that feels overly simplistic, but it really is that simple. In God's eyes. So then you're thinking right now, okay, okay, maybe, but how? How can I honor my parents? How can I possibly do that? Thank you. You guys asked the best questions. Thank you so much. The Bible actually has an answer for that, okay? It has an answer, but the answer is dependent on your age, So I'm going to deal with both of those, and first we're going to deal with the younger guys, okay? So for all of our elementary kids that are here today and for our teenagers, um, this first next section is primarily for you, all right? So we're going to go now to Ephesians chapter 6, so flip over, Ephesians chapter 6, New Testament, and look at verse 1 of chapter 6. Children, you probably, you may even already have this verse memorized from kids' ministry or from your homes, right? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Parents, if you haven't made that memory verse for your kids yet in your home, it's gold, all right? Just, that's what you need right there. Get them that verse inside of them, okay? So the, first, the second point this morning is this, growing children obey. This is how we honor our parents. Growing children obey. Now, interestingly, in verse 1 there, the word children in the original Greek, in the original meaning, um, doesn't actually have any age applied to it. It it can mean children of any age, right? But as we go deeper in the verse, it gives us a hint that it is talking directly to children who are not yet adults, who are still under the care and protection and roof of their parents because it tells them to obey, 
which is a very specific command here given to growing children. And this is the main way that God wants you to honor your parents' kids is through obedience. Okay? So let's take a moment just to talk about obedience this morning. I want to teach you a definition for obedience that we've used with our girls that we've gotten from a family camp that we go to every summer. And that's this. Obedience is doing what I'm told to do when I'm told to do it with the right heart attitude. Obedience is doing what I'm told to do when I'm told to do it with the right heart attitude. Everybody say that with me together. Obedience is doing what I'm told to do when I'm told to do it with the right heart attitude. I'm going to have Ava come on up, help us this morning. I'm just right up there. Okay. So she's going to also teach us the actions for this definition of obedience. Okay. So kids, I want you to do this. Parents, you got to do it too. Okay. We're going to all do this together. And so I'm going to say it, and she's going to do the actions. Obedience is doing what I'm told to do when I'm told to do it with the right heart attitude. Okay. So kids, you got, you got a note sheet when you came in today, right? They, you ever, all the kids got a special note sheet? Down at the very bottom, there's a little note box. I want you to write that definition in your note box if you haven't yet. Go ahead and write it down so you have it, so you have it for later, okay? And I'm going to talk about it just a little bit more, explain it a little bit more as you write it down. What I'm told to do, all right? Not what I want to do, not what I feel like or don't feel like doing, not part of what I'm told to do, but exactly what I'm told to do. Whatever mom and dad tells me, doing exactly what I'm told to do, that is the first step of obedience. And then when I'm told to do it, obedience means I do it immediately, right? With no delay, with no argument, with no excuses, with no whining, with no debating. We say in our house, delayed obedience is disobedience, right? Delayed obedience is disobedience. So it's right away, doing what I'm told to do, when I'm told to do it, with the right heart attitude. That means I don't obey just to avoid punishment. I don't obey just to earn something with mom and dad and to get something out of it. We obey because we love. Because we love our parents and we love God and we want to honor and worship him with our obedience. In the verse there in Ephesians 6.1, it says, Obey your parents in the Lord. That little phrase there, in the Lord, is kind of like in the family. Have you ever heard that around your house, kids? Like, have your parents ever been like, you do this because you're part of the family, because you're in the family, right? You have to do the dishes, you have to take out the trash, you have to help with whatever, because you're part of this family, and we love each other, and we do it together, right? In our family, we have a, a, a little dog named Molly. We've got a picture of Molly here for you. Everybody can get to see her, and... She's, she's super cute, and she's all fun, but she's also really, really old. Like 126 years old in people years. She's really old, right? Which means she needs lots of extra care. She needs lots of extra help sometimes. And sometimes we'll ask our daughters, hey, can you help out with Molly? Can you do this or do that? And you know what they say sometimes? Why do I have to do it? Why can't so-and-so do it? Why do I have to do it, right? And when you know what we say? Because you're in this family. Because you're part of this family. That's what it means to obey in the Lord. 
Right? We obey because we are with him. We are part of his family because we love him, because we worship him, because we follow his word. That's how we get the right heart attitude to obey in the Lord. He says, obey in the Lord for this is right. And the classic question from our kids is, why? Why is it right to obey? Why is it right to obey the Lord? Three things. Number one, it's right to obey in God's eyes. Maybe not in your eyes, maybe not in your friend's eyes, maybe not in the world's eyes, but in God's eyes, it's right. That's why he put it in the Ten Commandments. That's why he put it in his word. And at the end of the day, at the end of your life, the only person's eyes who are going to matter are God's eyes. His are the most important eyes. Right? And he says it's right to obey. Secondly, it's right to obey to be like Jesus. Kids, did you know that Jesus was 100% God and 100% human at the exact same time? That is crazy. I, I, I don't even understand how that works. But I know that it's true because God's word tells me it's true. But even though he was 100% God while he was human, he still obeyed his parents. Luke 2.51 said, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. So if Jesus, who was God, still chose to obey and submit to his parents, it's right for us to obey because we want to be like Jesus. Thirdly, it's right to obey because it pleases God. Colossians 3.20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. God loves it. God loves it when we obey our parents, and that should be our greatest desire, to please God. Right? Because he loves us. Because he helps us. Because he saves us from our sins. And so we want to please him with everything that we can. And we do that by honoring and obeying our parents. Okay, last thing to kind of just help drive this home a little bit more, kids. I want you to play, and we're going to do a little game this morning, okay? But it's going to be between you and your parents, okay? So if you're not near your parents, you've got to get too close to them right now. Teenagers, you can do this too. I know you think you're cool, but it's okay, all right? Just, just get with your parents, and we're going to do this little game together. It's called the Obedience Showdown Game, okay? And it's, it's kind of like rock, pa- rock, paper, scissors. Everybody know rock, paper, scissors, right? So we're going to go one, two, three shoot, right? And then I'm going to say a statement, and if the statement is obedience, I want you to go one, two, three, shoot, and do a thumbs up on shoot, okay? If the statement is not obedience, I want you to do one, two, three, shoot, thumbs down. And then the parents, you're going to do the same thing, and we're going to see how many matches you can get with your kids, okay? And if you don't have any kids with you, you know, just pick somebody near you, and you guys can play along, all right? So, Obedience showdown, see how many matches you can get. I'm going to read the statement here in just a second. All right, are we ready? If I can find it, hold on. All right, number one, mom told you to clean your room, but you kept playing video games. Go. Okay, did you get a match on that one? All right, go again. Number two, dad asked you to wipe down the table after dinner, and you wipe down the table and the countertops. 
okay? Count your matches up. Count, keep track of your matches, all right? Number three, your parents said you couldn't be on social media. So you watch videos on your friends' accounts instead. All right, number four. Dad told you to take out the trash today, and you said okay, but didn't actually take it out until the next day. All right, last one. Here we go. Last statement. Mom reminded you to practice your piano, but you are throwing your books around and banging angrily on the keys because you don't want to. Go. Okay, so how well did you do? I want you to keep track of that, and then today at lunch, after church, I want you and your parents to talk about any of the ones that you didn't match on, okay? Any ones that weren't a match, I want you to talk about why you didn't get a match on those. And I got two more questions I want you to talk about as well. So get your note sheet real quick. I want you to write these questions down at the bottom of your note sheet, and you're going to talk about these with your parents at lunch, all right? Kids, I want you to ask your parents this. How can I obey you better? Teenagers, this is you too. If you are under 18 and still eating your parents' food, this is you, okay? How can I obey you better? And then parents, I want you to ask a question as well. Parents, ask your kids, how is obeying difficult for you? And I want you to talk about that. I want you to, to see if you can maybe help them sort through why it's difficult and how maybe you can come alongside them in that, Okay? All right, so growing children obey. That's for you guys. Now, now we got to deal with the rest of us, okay? So keep looking, though, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. We're going out to verse 2. It says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Point number three, grown children honor. Grown children honor. Notice here in verse 2, he says, honor your father and mother. He's actually quoting the Ten Commandments verse that we just read earlier, Deuteronomy 5.16, right? Which shows us that this command still applies to us today. It's not an Old Testament thing. This still applies for us in the New Testament church today. But notice here, he doesn't say obey this time. He says honor. So what's the difference between obedience and honor? As we get older, as we become adults, we move out on our own, And we no longer have to obey our parents like we did when we were living in their house and under their authority, but we do still have to honor them. They are still the ones who bore us, who raised us, and God says they are worthy of honor. And so what does it look like for adult children to honor their parents? I'm going to give you five ways that I think we can pull from Scripture on how we can honor our parents, even as adults, all right? Number one, maybe the most important one, is give grace to them. Give grace to them. One thing we need to remember is we are all flawed people. And therefore, we're flawed parents. And when we look back at our childhood years and see the mistakes that our parents made, we have two choices. We can either be angry and bitter at them, or we can extend grace and forgiveness to them. And I know that's difficult, depending on your circumstances, maybe more difficult for some than others, 
But here's a statement that might help. I heard this from a pastor many years ago, and it stuck with us. We've used it all through our ministry. They did the best they could with what they had. They did the best they could with what they had. None of our parents had it all together. None of our parents knew, none of them got a manual telling them how to do this. None of them had all the cards in the deck to play with. They all were flawed people, and they did the best they could with what they had, with what they knew, with what they had experienced. And that all bleeds over into us, into our family, and the next generation, and the next generation. So we can honor them by giving them grace, even in their failures and shortcomings. Proverbs 15.20 says, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. It's foolish for us to despise our parents for being flawed humans just like us. And then I think about Luke 23, 34, where Jesus is on the cross and he cries out, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Those are Jesus' words. The perfect one, the one who wasn't flawed, who never sinned, who never deserved anything bad. God in the flesh, on the cross, dying for our sins, and yet he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He prayed for God to forgive us and so we can be Christ-like with our parents by showing them grace and praying for them and having a heart of forgiveness towards them. First way to honor is to give grace to them. Second way is to speak well of them. Not evil of them, not evil about them. Speaking ill of someone else, especially your parents, is rarely helpful. It's just not. Sure, it might make you feel better in the moment. It might make you feel, to get it off your chest and commiserate with someone else. But in the end, it really doesn't help anything and it dishonors them and it dishonors God and the position that he gave them. Romans 13, 7 says, Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. We owe honor to our parents to speak well of them in any way that we can because God has given them that position in our lives. Now, when I say speak well of them, it comes out a couple ways. First, speak well of them publicly to others. Now, I'm not telling you to lie and make stuff up to make them look better, but like in whatever ways you can, even in the smallest ways that you can find to be praiseworthy of them, do that. Maybe it's even just physical characteristics that they gave you through genetics or, or personality traits. or whatever. Even something as small as that, find some way to speak well of them publicly and then also speak well to them privately. Thank them. For whatever you can. Thank them for helping you. Thank them for investing in you. Thank them for teaching you. Even the smallest things, even the smallest ways, they will feel so honored to hear you just show gratitude in whatever that was. They taught you how to change a tire, right? Maybe they were horrible humans the rest of the time, but they taught you that. Thank them. 
right? Like, whatever. Find something. Speak well of them. Number three, listen to them. Listen to their insight. Listen to their advice. You don't always have to agree with it. You don't always have to even take it. But you can listen to it, right? You can listen. Job 12.12 says, Wisdom is with the age and understanding and length of days. Your parents have some wisdom for you. They may not have wisdom in every area of life, right? They might not know everything that, they, that you need to, to, to find out and be helpful with, but they know something. They know some things. Seek their wisdom and listen to them. Number three. Number four is care for them. Age often brings isolation and loneliness and discouragement, especially in our culture these days. And so our parents can feel like they're being left out, left behind, useless as we go about our own families and our own lives. Proverbs 23, 27 says, Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Don't despise them as they age and they need more help. Love them. Care for them. Give them your time. Invest in the relationship in any way that you can. Just like they invested in you for all those years. And just on a practical note, by the way, your kids are watching how you care for your parents. And they're learning how they should care for you one day. So care for them. And then lastly, number five, provide for them. They provided for us from birth, and now it's our turn to provide for them in gratitude. Scripture here, 1 Timothy 5, 4, and 8 says, But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. Verse 8, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. God makes it very clear that to please and honor him, we have to help provide for others in our family, especially our parents in their older age, if necessary. We also see Jesus speak to this in Mark chapter 7, verse 9. It says, and he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and mother. There he's quoting it again. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you have gained from me is Corban, meaning whatever I would have given to you in your old age is now given to God. Then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down, and many such things you do. So Jesus here, he specifically is rebuking the Jewish leaders and the Jewish culture for neglecting their parents in order to supposedly honor God. Jesus says, you want to honor God? Do what he told you to do. Care for, his parent, care for your parents. Provide for them. Honor them. And so these are five ways that we as adults can honor our parents according to God's word. And again, I, I can hear the, the questions rolling through your minds. But what about 
parents who were absent emotionally, spiritually, physically, who were neglectful, who abandoned you? What about parents who abused you? What about parents who are lost and they turn against you because of your faith in Jesus Christ? What if you're adopted and you don't even know your biological parents? These are all good questions. They're all really hard questions. It seems unfair to us at times that God would even ask us to do that for these people. And so here, as we close, three things that might help. First, don't respond to sin with sin. And that's an all of life, never a good play. But if they sinned against you, if they willfully, and act or, willfully or accidentally hurt you in some way, that does, it hurts. It does hurt us. But it doesn't give us permission to respond with sin of our own. Unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, slander. Christ gives grace to us when we sin over and over. And so we need to give grace to others as well. Secondly, trust in God. We oftentimes, we can't see, we can't understand God's ways and his plans, but we know that he is sovereign. We know that he is good. And he gave you those parents with all of their faults and with all of their flaws. And he intends to use your relationship with them to sanctify you in greater ways for his glory. And so we have to trust him in faith and seek to honor them regardless. And then lastly, the thing that we've been banging the drum on all year, seek Christ first. All of us are sinners. None of us deserve forgiveness. None of us deserve restoration And yet Christ came to save us anyways. And so if we seek him and we seek to follow his ways, then he will lead us to extend that same restoration and grace to our parents. Your loving, gospel-filled response to honor your parents might be the most powerful thing that will point them to Jesus. And keep him first in your life and relationships. I mentioned at the very beginning, Dennis Rainey, Christian author, speaker who had spoken on this. He had another story as well. It said this. He said, after speaking on honoring your parents to a group of young adults, he said, after one lecture, three young women came to me and described their dads. Each man sounded the same, successful in providing for material needs, but aloof detached, distant, and unexpressive. All three women had tears in their eyes as they expressed their desire to somehow build a loving relationship with their dads. He says, I counseled each woman to honor her father by taking the first step to change the relationship. Don't expect your father to come to you begging for forgiveness, I said. Instead, that they should spend some time alone evaluating how they were responding to their father. 
Then, when appropriate, call their father, and if appropriate, confess to being ungrateful, ask for forgiveness, and say, I love you. Later, I learned that each young woman took my advice, and in each case, the father's heart melted. One woman told me with tears streaming down her face, for the first time in my life, my father and I communicated. In the past, my father gave me cars, jewelry, piano lessons, nice vacations, everything, But I told him, I don't want all this stuff. I just want you. I love you and I want to know you. And he began to cry and I began to cry. And for the first time, he told me that he loved me. I don't think our relationship will ever be the same. And I can't wait to go home. The power of honoring and forgiving our parents. But it's not always exactly like that. I started that story earlier about the woman who was abused by her father. Here's the rest of her story as well. My freshman year in college, I became a Christian. Over the next year and a half, God took me from a tremendous hate of my father to a dislike, to a like, until I could say I loved my father. Then I began to find certain things out, that my father was abused as a child. No one ever told me that before. His father kicked him out when he was 17. Does this excuse what happened to me as a child? No. Does it, make, does it make it more understandable? Yes. My father still yells and cusses at me. But you know what? Not quite so loudly. I call him on special occasions. I share my life with him and I ask his advice. His response? Not so good. But that's okay. The other day I heard he was bragging about me at work. There's hope. You know why there's hope? Because God loved us enough to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. And because people like you care enough to share life-changing messages like you did today. Dennis Rainey goes on and he says this. He says, most people would have counseled this young woman to turn her back on her father who physically abused her. He's not deserving of your love, they'd say. And yet, she chose to honor him anyway. And by expressing her love and giving him the hope of a relationship that he didn't deserve. When I hear stories like this, I realize the commandment to honor our parents is far more important, far more powerful than most of us realize. Indeed it is. Honoring your father and mother regardless of the situation is a powerful testimony of the gospel. And it can move in the heart of our families and our parents in ways that we can never imagine. If we will obey God's command. So I want you adult children this morning, here's your final question. What next step do I need to take to honor my parents in the gospel? Maybe you can't do all the things I listed earlier yet. Maybe that's too much, but what's one thing? What's one step you can take to better honor your parents? Because a life spent honoring my parents glorifies the Lord. That is our greatest goal, friends, to glorify him in everything, even the hard things, like obeying, and honoring our parents.
let's pray and let's ask for his help with that this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for being the perfect father that we didn't have and that none of us can ever be. Thank you for loving us even when we disobey you, even when we dishonor you. And Lord, help us today to follow your example of love, to obey and honor our parents even when it's difficult, even when they don't deserve it. God, we trust you. We trust your plan for our families, for our lives. But we need your help. Help us to walk in faith as we seek you first in every relationship. Let's pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.